Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the huge news in world football that the use of video assistant referees has been officially approved by football's lawmakers. But will this have any impact on the African game? Will it be used at tournaments like the Africa Cup of Nations? And is there any chance of the video assistant referees being used in league matches across Africa? We get the views of fans in Ghana. You are even looking at the energy situation and all those problems that are associated with it. So I think that for Africa, it will take us a very, very long time to be able to implement VR here. Plus your thoughts on Arsene Wenger's future at Arsenal and other English Premier League news. Firstly, to the CAF Champions League, we had first round, first leg matches midweek. The winners of these ties qualify for the group stage, so there's a lot at stake. And the holders, Widad Casablanca of Morocco, got going in style. Seven two winners over Williamsville Athletic Club of Ivory Coast with five second half goals for Widad. 2016 Champions Sundowns of South Africa were held to a nil-nil draw away to Rayon Spore of Rwanda. 2016 semi-finalist Zesco of Zambia were beaten 1-0 at home by Asik Mimosas of Ivory Coast. And the other Zambian club, Zanaco, who we heard from a few weeks ago on the show, were surprisingly beaten 2-1 at home by Mbabani Swallows of Swaziland. And a five-time champions, TP Mazembe of DR Congo, hammered Songo of Mozambique by four goals to nil. In the CAF Confederation Cup, first round, first leg games. There's still another round to go before the group stage here, by the way. Zamalek of Egypt was surprisingly beaten 2-1 away in Ethiopia by Welatia Dicha. Nigeria's Enyimba had a useful 2-0 win away to Energy of Benin. The second legs are on next weekend. Also, we had midweek games in the UEFA Champions League, a round of 16 second legs. Real Madrid knocking out Paris Saint-Germain to go through to the quarterfinals. Juventus breaking the hearts of Tottenham. 2-2 from the first leg. Tottenham then went into a 1-0 lead, but Juventus scored two goals in three minutes to take the tie. And Arguably, the turning point of the game was Ghana's Kwajo Asamoah coming on in the 61st minute just before those goals came. And Arsenal came up with a somewhat surprising 2-0 win away to AC Milan of Italy in their Europa League round of 16 first leg game on Thursday night. So that will ease a bit of the pressure perhaps on manager Arsene Wenger. As I say, we're talking more about Wenger later on in the programme. So our main focus on the show this week is the huge news in world football that the use of video assistant referees has been officially approved by football's lawmakers. Leagues and competitions must now apply to implement the system. It looks as though it will be used at the World Cup in Russia in June. So is this good for football? What are the issues and will it have any impact on African football? Well, let's first go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. Stuart, it looks like the English Premier League isn't convinced, but some countries in Europe have already been using this video assistant referee technology. It was introduced in South Korea and in Poland in 
the summer of 2017. And a little bit later that same year in Germany, Italy, Netherlands, Portugal and the US and then China. France, Netherlands and Spain are going to introduce it from next season for league games. But the Premier League has still to make a decision and it needs 14 of the 20 clubs to vote in favour. And the word in the street is that that may well not happen. Now, there have been two or three recent games when VAR has not worked terribly well. And we've talked about it in this programme. I mean, when the Tottenham Cup tie against Rodsdale, the process was described as comical and embarrassing. And then there was, of course, the Juan Mata goal against Huddersfield in the FA Cup, which was ruled out for offside, when the decision took a long time to be made. And also, it was the most marginal offside decision. And people were saying, well, that was not what it was intended for. Two very influential referees have made comments this week, which I think is very interesting. Mark Clattenburg, who, in my opinion, was the best referee in the Premier League until he decided to go off and earn more money talking about refereeing. And what he said was, we need VAR 100%. But I think it should be used 10 times a season not 10 times in a single game, like happened in the tottenham Rotsdale Cup tie. We should be correcting scandalous decisions that everyone sees is wrong, not overturning judgment calls or reviewing every single piece of information. We need to be transparent and we need to be careful not to lose the emotion of the game. And I think there's an awful lot of good stuff in this that you can see the referee with his headpiece talking an awful lot now as if he's getting information constantly from the video assistant referee and i think he's also right that it's important that we look at the clearly wrong decisions i mean the one that was a great example he was probably a few centimeters offside but really is that kind of judgment call what bars about i don't think so and the other referee speaking was david ellery who is now the technical director of the international board. And his argument is that we're trying to introduce a system which gives accuracy and fairness and that there will have to be some delay sometimes. And that we've got to do this because in the modern age, everyone is watching the game on television, even on their phone, and they can see what's happened. So therefore the officials have got to catch up with that. But I think one of the most interesting things I've heard is the chairman of Crystal Palace, Steve Parrish, who has argued that this could be disastrous for football, saying it will lead to stoppages, games lasting two hours. It's a very dangerous road, he says, quoting that the regulations say that it's only for much changing errors, goals, penalties, straight red cards and mistaken identity. He adds, my problem is that they're going to say that it has helped with these four decisions, so why not introduce it for everything? Um, Let's check if the goalkeeper took more than six steps. Let's see if somebody might have pulled somebody's shirt five minutes ago. And you're going to have games lasting, as he said, more than two hours. And he finishes by saying, I think sometimes controversy is part of the game, and we don't want to lose that. So interesting comments there by our Premier League chairman. 
Yes, as fans, we love to discuss these controversies. So the video assistant referee has been approved, but uh, it's not really a finished product. Uh, there are still issues to address. And FIFA says at the World Cup they like to show the relevant replays inside the stadium when the VAR is used. Uh, this is one of the main problems, isn't it, Stuart? And there was an extraordinary comment by the UEFA president, Alexander Severin who said that the system brings a lot of confusion and no one seems to know how it works. And, of course, that has been one of the criticisms that if you compare American football, the stadium announcer says the officials are checking for foul play and everyone knows what's happening. At the moment, if you're at a game, you see the referee touching his ear, you see the game stopping, you have no idea what it's about and you have no idea how long it's going to happen and that you don't see the pictures on a screen as you do in some other sports. So it's difficult at this stage, I think, to distinguish between whether VAR is a good thing in itself or whether the problems are the way we're implementing it and the fact that perhaps referees are using it too much and we will get better at it. Yes, lots of debate about that. So are fans in Africa in favour of the video assistant referee? And do we think that it will be ever used in Africa? Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Erasmus Kwao has been speaking to fans in Accra in Ghana. Uh, we have plus and minus in everything, but with the video assistant, uh, this thing, referees, the VR, it slows the game. Practically in Africa, it's not good for us because we don't have so many cameras to capture all these things. I think gradually we should have a better way of solving the problem, but with this one, it makes so many controversies arises and I believe the game is a natural phenomenon so it should be played naturally after all we have mistakes in the game which also makes the game interesting because when you want to make it strictly like that then that means that you are, you are, you are saying that it should be in a robotic way of world which shouldn't be the issue yeah actually the governing body which is FIFA has introduced it we don't have any option but what we need to do, we should know where we introduce those laws, especially in Africa. We're going to have a lot of problems. But as compared to maybe Europe, you can have maybe as many as 8, 10, 12 cameras in one match. But in Africa, I think one or two cameras is not enough to prove a point in this video-assisted referee team. I don't think it can help the African game. But maybe probably in the um, European world, I think they are qualified to do that. It's like trying to stop a train, isn't it? It's inevitable. So I am for it. I think um, it would improve the game. And whereas I think there are genuine concerns in relation to the delay in the decision-making and also in terms of the, the, the fan experience in the stadium because there are times when there's a pause and they don't really know what is going on. Some of it must be blamed on the misapplication of it by those referees. Can it be introduced in Africa? It can be. First, there's a technological challenge because a lot of our matches do not have TV coverage. Where there are TV coverages, there may not be enough angles or cameras to give you the relevant angles. So there has to be capacity building and there has to be technological improvement in terms of the coverage. I am for VR primarily because you know where football has got into now is become a lot of people are pumping a lot of money into it. What FIFA has decided to do is to bring accuracy you know, make sure that every decision that is taken is indeed accurate so that if a goal is called against a club or a country, you want to be sure that 
indeed that goal was indeed a goal people talk about the controversy they say that it's is the is the is, is the thing that makes you know the, the game interesting but i think that the amount of millions of dollars that is being pumped into the game the business nature with which the game has taken to now it becomes very painful when when it is that a certain decision goes against you when you know that a referee you know i i, I think that for me it's it's good it brings accuracy to the game and that's what for me makes it makes it that's the that's the positive aspect of the VAR for which i support so realistically can it be introduced in africa well for Africa, it becomes very difficult. I mean, I, I think that are, we, we have not developed our systems well. If, you know, the, the kind of infrastructure, the kind of stadia that we use is not, is, is, is not that good. Um, even if, if you look at these gadgets that referees use in, in communicating, those, those simple, simple, basic things they don't have. So I think that it will take us a lot of time to get VAR you know, um, implemented in Africa. I think that CAF must begin to look at how probably they can assist other countries help them to be able to procure some of these machines but you are look you are even looking at the energy situation and all those problems that are associated with it so i think that for africa it will take us a very very long time to be able to implement vr here yes i'm sure many of us have been to matches where there's either been no electricity or there's even been a power cut during the game uh, those are the views of fans in accra ghana speaking to erasmus Quell. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. We're looking at the huge news in world football, that the use of video assistant referees has been officially approved by football's lawmakers. But will this have any impact on African football? Well, the video assistant referee was used for the first time in Africa last month at the CAF Super Cup in Morocco, where Widat Casablanca beat TP Mazembe. The Zambian referee, Jani Sikazwe, used the VAR after initially giving a penalty to Widad, only to change his mind after watching replays of the incident on the touchline and deciding that a player had dived. Well, the VAR had been trialled at the CHAN, the African Nations Championship in Morocco before that, but CAF felt the referees weren't ready to use it at that tournament, so it was tested offline instead. So, Solomon, do you think that we'll see the video assistant referee in African competitions like the Nations Cup and the Champions League? Well, Steve, definitely. I expect uh, that in Africa we would see the VAR in African competitions like the Afghan and also the uh, Africa Champions League. We saw it was used in the Super Cup, obviously, but that was just uh, a one game off. But I think very soon the implementation of the VAR would definitely be uh, from uh, top-ranked competitions in Africa like Afghan and also some of the qualifying games that we may see in certain countries. Uh, how CAF would roll this, I don't know how it would roll this. Maybe next season's uh, uh, Champions League, uh, we would see the implementation, even if we don't uh, see it implemented from some of the qualifying games. But maybe in the group games, we would see uh, the implementations of the VAR system. And I feel it's about time, especially in the Africa Champions League and also in the Afghan where a lot is at stake. We need to be able to eliminate mistakes, human error. We need to be able to uh, get some sort of perfection. Uh, we need to be able to make sure that integrity is, is restored. And, and for the Afghan, I, I, I seriously believe uh, we've seen some very questionable calls 
uh, in AFCON games. And referees are only human. They make error. But I feel with the VAR is definitely going to help them. And it's also going to help football fans and football players to, to see justice. Yeah, sure. And uh, what about the domestic leagues of Africa? Will we ever get to use this video assistant referee technology in our league matches? As some of those fans in Ghana were pointing out, obviously the game has to be televised for the video assistant referee to be used. Uh, you need a certain number of cameras to give you the angles that are needed on the replays. Also, there's the monitors in the room where the VAR is. So will we see this being used across Africa, Solomon? And that would be very difficult, especially in the African domestic leagues. Uh, some leagues don't, don't even have sponsors. Uh, some leagues, uh, you know, have sponsors, but the sponsors only put in just a bit of money. For me, the big question is how, how, what sort of role would CAF play in trying to make some of these uh, facilities available? And how are we going to see FIFA rolling this out? You know, the president of FIFA is a big friend of African football. And I do hope that, you know, a lot of resources would put in place for us to see how they could roll that out in maybe we choose a certain domestic leagues that way we would be able to have that kind of representation and and we watch some of the games that are going to be shown on tv like super sports uh, just so football fans would see it and and also begin to appreciate it in a way but it's going to take a lot of resources uh to be able to uh to, to execute it across the continent of africa uh, i think also first we have to be able to say okay let's have a five-year goal or a three-year goal in the rollout of the v VAR technology, uh, you know, in certain leagues, in certain countries. That would definitely go a long way in improving leagues. Uh, this is going to go a long way in improving credibility of, of football in, in different games, uh, in different countries, like in cup games, which are really also important uh, for, for certain African countries, even if we don't see the use of that technology during, you know, matches, but we should have it in like certain cup games, uh, certain finals, and uh, because we Africa cannot be left behind. This is the right time to be a part of uh, the global technology that has uh, invaded football that every other continent, every other FA has embraced and is embracing. And, and this would definitely go a long way for us. Yes, uh, thanks, Solomon. Uh, for me, I think we'll see the video assistant referee at the Africa Cup of Nations soon, possibly at some of the African Junior and Women's Continental Championships in years to come, and probably in the final of the Champions League and the Confederation Cup. Not sure, though, if it'll be used in the group games for some time to come, though. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this on Facebook and on WhatsApp this week. Do you think that the video assistant referees will impact African football? Would you like to see it used at tournaments on the continent? Is there any chance of the VAR being used in league matches in your country? Tell us what you think on Facebook. Planet Sport Football Africa is our page. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Will the video assistant referees have any impact on African football? This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. You can also listen on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Well, last week on social media, we asked if this is the end of the road for Arsene Wenger. 
Over the past two weeks, Arsenal have been outclassed 3-0 twice by Manchester City. That was in the EFL Cup final and in the Premier League. Last weekend, they lost in the league to Brighton. They're also out of the FA Cup and a distant sixth in the Premier League. Manager Arsene Wenger signed a new two-year contract in May of last year. So can Gunners fans still have faith in him or is it time for Wenger to step down? On WhatsApp, Dems Kande in the Gambia says, I agree that Arsene Wenger and his Arsenal team are out of the title race for this season. Wenger has to quit because his luck is finished with Arsenal. In Malawi, Paul Bello says, I think Wenger is still with the club because he's a businessman and he makes profits for the club. I think the management is not after results but money. But in normal circumstances, he could have stepped down because things are getting worse in each and every game being played, says Paul. Thanks for those comments. Definitely the business side is a huge factor with the Arsenal management. Pa Abdu in the Gambia says, I think both Arsene Wenger and Antonio Conte at Chelsea should leave their clubs. It's good to hear from Amos Machaba in Botswana. And Amos says, I'm a Chelsea fan and the topic of Wenger interests me, especially the contrast how the two teams handle their managerial situations. At Chelsea, they'll fire a well-performing manager, but at Arsenal, the results don't seem to matter to the owners. So I don't think we can look at the results and say because Wenger isn't doing well that this means he'll be fired. But having said that, I do think his days at Arsenal are numbered, says Amos. Michael Johnson in Sierra Leone says he needs to step down. His time has come to an end. And Amadou Torai in the Gambia agrees, saying, I think now is the best time for Wenger to step down. He should resign and give a chance to someone else. I think that will be better for all parties, says Amadou. Calvin Truth Jr. is an Arsenal fan in Ghana. I think this is the end time for Wenger because teams are beating us left, right and centre, says Calvin, and we can't even qualify for the Champions League. Khalifa Sanyang is from the Gambia and currently studying in China. Wenger should have left Arsenal a few years ago, says Khalifa. I think if he has any love for the club, he should leave at the end of this season. It's over for him. But Odipo Morris in Kenya disagrees. The answer is in the name. Arsene for Arsenal. The two are meant for each other, says Odipo. Wenger has just had a problem with his signings. I think he needs a Wanyama or a Dembele in his midfield and he can turn his fortunes around in the course of next season. And Morning Mwale in Malawi agrees with Odipo. I think Wenger is among the best managers in the EPL, says Morning, and it's just an unlucky time for Arsenal. The fans should never get disappointed with him, and they need to allow him to stay at the Emirates. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in the United States. It's very embarrassing and disappointing watching Arsenal play, especially against the big teams in the EPL, says Gemo. Wenger's tactics and game plans don't seem to be working and maybe a new face at Arsenal might change everything. This might be his last season unless he wins the Europa League and saves his job, says Gemo. And Stanley Ngana agrees that the only thing that can save Wenger is winning the Europa League. I'm not sure Arsenal fans will have any faith anymore because Wenger has let all their hopes down. In order to regain high hopes, he'll have to organise the team and buy a couple of big players to beef up the squad. His last hope is to win the Europa Cup, says Stanley. 
Jimmy James Perezi in Uganda says way back in 1996 when he came to the club, most of the players were bought at a price of 10 to 15 million dollars. The best players now cost 80 to 100 million dollars plus. Wenger doesn't like paying so much for a player, so in short, he should leave the club. Thanks for that to Jimmy. Certainly the transfer market has changed uh, since the time when Wenger joined the Gunners. Campo is in the Gambia. It's the right time for Wenger to leave, says Campo. His luck is finished with Arsenal. He's done a fantastic job for the club, but all those records are going because of the way he's losing games now. And Jesse Rando in Sierra Leone agrees, saying, yes, it is the end of the road for Wenger. He needs to step down so that Arsenal fans can enjoy their team again. His days are over, says Jesse. And finally, Nganye Demba Gassama in The Gambia also agrees. Let him step down because he can't get any good results despite having very good players in the team. The problem is him. Let Thierry Henry take over the team, says Nganye. Yes, a Thierry Henry saying earlier this week that he thinks he could become Arsenal manager. Thanks so much for all of those comments and sorry if we didn't get to read out yours, but it's always great to hear from you. Uh, Stuart, uh, what's your verdict on Wenger's position? Well, Arsenal have lost four games in a row. That was the League Cup final, then Premier League game against Manchester City and then another Premier League game against Brighton. And in the middle of that, they lost in the Europa Cup to a very average Swedish team, Ostersunds. And now, it's a long time since Arsenal have lost four games in a row. And this has really brought the issue of Wenger's future back. Now, I read that Wenger has told his coaches that he will not resign. If they want rid of him, they'll have to fire him. And, of course, this would be quite embarrassing for Arsenal because having given him a two-year contract last summer to fire him now would seem strange. On the other hand, 88% of Arsenal supporters in a recent poll felt the time had come for him to go. What will happen, it's very difficult to say, because I think that it's probably correct that Wenger will not resign. And whether Arsenal will have the courage, if that's the right word, to fire him because of all the great service he's given in the past remains to be seen. Yes, sure. Um, Well, Stuart, away from Arsenal, last weekend we saw Manchester City edge closer to the title. Well, Manchester City are now 16 points clear at the top of the table. And in four days last weekend, they beat Arsenal and Chelsea. So, in a way, showing their superiority over their rivals. At the bottom of the table, Swansea bounced back from defeat at Brighton with a 4-1 win over West Ham. And the Ayu brothers from Ghana both started and Jordan was on the score sheet with a penalty. And in fact, Jordan Ayu scored a penalty which was awarded for a foul on his brother. And in so doing, he became the first player to score a penalty won by his brother since Frank Gray did it after a foul on Eddie Gray for Leeds United in 1978. And incidentally, since we're on this silliness, when Andy King scored for Swansea and Josh King for Bournemouth, it was the first time that a pair of Kings has ever scored in the Premier League or the First Division, going right back to 1888. Now, I said we weren't going to mention Mo Salah scoring for Liverpool because it happens all the time, but he did it again. Liverpool beat Newcastle 
2-0 with Egypt's Mo Salah and Senegal's Sadio Mane scoring. And that is an incredible 24 goals in the Premier League for Mo Salah. Amazing stuff. Manchester United came from 2-0 down to beat Crystal Palace 3-2. And it really does look at the moment that Manchester United, Liverpool are going to get two of the Champions League places. And if the season finishes now, both Chelsea and Arsenal will be out of the Champions League again. So it's tight at the bottom and really interesting at the top. And two other things just to finish. Ashley Williams got a red card for Everton against Burnley. And at 33 and a half, Williams is the oldest player to get a red card since Stephen Gerrard for Liverpool against Manchester United in March 2015, when Gerrard was just approaching his 35th birthday. And interesting how attendances have changed dramatically in the Premier League. If you look at 1990 to 1995, there were no attendances over 50,000 at all in those five years. But this season, there have been a 100 occurrences of a crowd of 50,000 in the stadium watching a Premier League game. Well, amazing growth in the English Premier League in terms of attendances. Thanks very much, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, do you think that video assistant referees will have an impact in African football? Will we see it being used at tournaments like the Nations Cup? Is there any chance of the video assistant referee being used in league matches in your country, do you think? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks so much for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.